This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to BlueApron.com slash BadChristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one, Joey Lay some knowledge. You be bad. It's, it's the bad Christian podcast. Yeah. All right, bad Christian podcast back again. Live on the internet. Back uh, again. I, I, doing I our video take, show. I wanna, Toby, I wanna, I'll give you a chance in just a second. I want to take over. Sound. I'm going to let you take I gotta over. I got to take over. You got to take you look over. Like the, Toby, you look like the dad on Family Circus cartoon. Oh, to- really? You look good. Here's the thing, Toby. Your background today, that black background looks amazing. But, Thank you. But all it does is accentuate your workout clothes. So uh, well, h- how was your problem. workout? These are the only clothes that I can wear because today, uh, okay, so... Matt, you know this. Joey, you know this. I've had like a little weird rash for a while, and it is getting worse and worse, so much so that I'm scratching myself till I'm bleeding all over. Mm-hmm. And the rash is over 90% of my body. Are you leprous? I, that's what I think. Leprosy, leprosy might have came back. So first doctor gave me steroids. That didn't work. Then he said, well, you might have uh, scabies, which is highly contagious. I was like, oh, shit. What is that, so a virus, I, scabies? It's like it's mites that burrow into oh. your skin and oh, lay God. eggs. No. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. So I had to cover oh, my body. Gosh. I had to cover my body in cream last night for 12 hours, and then which is actually a, a bug killer. It's like <laughs> a oh, pesticide in it. And then so I was like, oh, this morning I felt a little bit better. I was like, well, maybe I do have scabies. That sucks. But it, it's contagious if you are in contact for a, a pretty long period of time. Anyway. But so your about, body's not your body's not bonded. About, that sounds like an STD new, to me. <laughs> I know. Well, you can. That some people consider scabies STD because this can be sexually transmitted through skin touching. But um, still, today about noon, my my skin started itching uncontrollably. So much so that I had huge like red marks all over my body, and my whole body got super hot. And I was like, I don't know if I can deal with it. And so. I was like, well, I'm just getting really hot. Maybe I should go take a cold shower. So I got in the shower, and I guess I was so hot that I couldn't stop shaking after that. Like, like you know, have you been in the cold? You took a cold shower? Yeah. Right. I couldn't I couldn't stop shaking. I was like, I got to go to the doc- to see a doctor. The other doctors, uh, we have MediShare, which is really cool. You can just you can online talk with your doctor and meet with him over phone or video chat or whatever. It's really cool. But anyway, so I go to the doctor. The doctor immediately walks in and goes, yeah, I don't think that's scabies. That looks like Rocky Mountain spotted fever oh, or no. Lyme disease. Yeah, from a tick. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. So the only problem is both of those don't cause severe itching like I have. They usually don't have severe itching. And Rocky Mountain spotted fever usually comes with headache, nausea, non-eating. I'm eating fine. I don't really feel that bad. Like I have a little bit of a cold maybe, but we've been traveling and flying, so that yep. stuff just happens. My elbows swole up now. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, thing. good gosh. And, and I know. I don't know what's going on. So and they still, he, you went to the doctor today again right. since I talked to you, and still right. they don't know? They took my blood, and they gave me a super shot of steroid, and then I had to take steroids for about a week. And then they said, we'll see. 
So I was like, oh, oh okay. No. I'm so sorry. I bought this ItchX stuff too. I was like, I'm going to look for the strongest stuff. ItchX sounds right. I put it all uh-huh. over my body and then my body ignited in fa- flames of fire. It so burned. I had to take a quick shower before this. And here I sit. And, and these workout clothes, I have on workout clothes and swim trunks. Nice. Those look good. So, because that's the only thing that's loose enough that is allowing me not to itch uncontrollably and be miserable. So, well, if you need to go you, are stairs not, by myself, are you not super worried? I mean, what, uh, what I don't know what uh, this, I don't know what I should be worried about. It's just a it's a terrible rash. It's awful, but that doesn't usually that an itchy rash isn't a sign of anything unbelievably serious. I mean, if it's Rocky Mountain spotted fever or Lyme disease, that'll be really suck. That'll really suck, and it'll take a long time to figure that stuff out. But I just don't think it is because when I looked it up immediately, he told me to too, and it doesn't totally look like that. So anyway. This hand's getting way better. Y'all probably can't oh, see. Oh, gross. Yeah, put that up there. Let's oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, my hand's covered. That's I have disgusting. it all over my arms and my, it's just my legs everywhere. So it's been really awful. Like, I can't stop scratching, and it's just miserable. I mean, do you think God's upset with you for making fun of my body a lot? Right. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, man. Like, I really, that, it really sucks. What You know what sucks the worst, Matt, is as soon as I leave Charleston, I had the king of ointments, and now I don't have <laughs> yep. him near me anymore. The king of salve and ointments. Yep, that's the, right. the pastor of ointment and salves that has every one of them in every type yeah, for any situation, and I'm not there to get free samples. It sucks. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry to hear that. I got not, not only is that bad news, but I got more bad news for you guys and you guys, and that's that. Uh, old Aaron Gillespie has canceled on our podcast today and I'm not going to, and don't take it personally. I'm sure it's not our fault. I don't think he's scared of us. I'm sure he'll come on later. It must be a rescheduling thing, but he took a vacation. His record comes out next week. So perhaps I can only speculate he took a vacation to just clear his head and stuff before he gets into whatever he's doing next. And I think he even thought on vacation to have internet. It turns out he doesn't. So the guy's not going to be able to join us for the podcast tonight. So it's just us, but the good news is for you guys and the listeners is we're going to do some listener calls in a little bit instead. So the way to the way we want to try to do that today is right below us, there should be a comment. Is it down there? There should be a comment that gives you the link to, to fill, in, fill out a question. We'll call it call screening, even though you do it through a Google form. And then we'll have a producer pick out a couple of questions, and we'll take them in the break. So make sure you see that. Go fill out a questions. And if anybody does that, we'll take a couple questions. If not, we'll ramble on for an hour, two, three, whatever we y'all feel like. And Toby, if you got to go, Joey and I will talk for an hour or two or three. And Joey, if you need to leave, I really will be fine. I can definitely talk for two or three hours by myself. We know you can. We've so heard you won't do Won't be it. a problem. We've heard you do it. Yeah. Hey, I wasn't listening to anything. I was scratching really loudly my skin. Did y'all say something? Sorry. Hey, nope. I want to I want to start a a new segment and tell you guys like acceptable lies. Listen to this is like this makes me feel really good. So they had to move my mama gene to even a more strict facility for people who are just totally gone. And uh, like she's, she's in a psychotic prison. <laughs> right yeah. yeah four walls i mean she's totally right. secluded now listen to this though so they moved her into a place where insurance totally takes care of them. they were super worried that she was going to be very upset being out of her normal surroundings but they just told everybody that works there they said tell her every time you walk into the room your family and so now what they do is they walk in and say hey Gene Craven, I'm family. 
I'm going to be taking care of you, help you change your clothes and all that stuff. So now she always thinks that she's home. She never asked to be taken That's anywhere. Awesome. When when my mom goes, she's able to have a very pleasant visit without her mom saying, take me out of here, take me out of here, because she thinks everybody's family. Now, there cannot be one person that thinks that's a bad lie. No, I think like it's now, definitely the best way. And Toby said this at one of our uh, acoustic shows last week. You know, if if somebody is in a, I don't know why this comes up so often for Toby. He brings up that old people having dementia and not knowing reality all the time. But it was just at the living room show the other day. He made a really good point. It's like, why would you want to take somebody in that situation and constantly bring them back to reality and say, no, you're here. Your life is almost over. There's nothing left but pain and discomfort, but make sure you stay with me. Not that right. they were a swimmer in the 20s or whatever it is that they think they're doing. You should leave them there. If, you're, if your mama thinks she's at home, good for her. Right. If she could yeah, be comfortable, totally. you could tell her she's whatever she wants to do. I'd say go along with it. I think it's the benevolent approach. It's so crazy. I had her at my house before we took her to a new facility. And, I mean, she is like the most modest person I've ever met, super careful with her clothes. Dude, there were times where I walked her to the restroom. I wanted to point out exactly where everything was. She starts taking her clothes off in front of me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, it's just Well, you crazy might want to wake her up in that scenario. Yeah, you, might wanna say, you might nah, want to bring her back to reality a yeah. little bit then. That could be the one scenario that you might not want. <laughs> Matt, Matt, I experienced yesterday a little bit of what you talk about with Bridget with birthdays. Uh, I It, it hit me. Yeah, Joe, like, your birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. That Thanks, so I left Joey a comment that I liked a lot. It was oh, happy Monday. I, I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought it was great. There's so many comments. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And Matt's like, happy Monday. It was great. I got a good chuckle out of that. But no, I, I it hit me. I'm looking at the look on Priscilla's face while she's hanging out with me on my birthday. She really does like my birthday better than hers. More than you do. It's That's like, right. oh, it's totally like she has like she asked me to take the day off of work. So I took the day off work. She wanted to know exactly what I wanted to do, which is hilarious because everything I wanted to do is closed because it's a Monday. And a lot of the things like there's two historical things that I'd never been to downtown Charleston. Strip club couldn't you do, like is closed. Yeah, on Monday. Couldn't do that. They were closed. There was a ropes course. Couldn't do that. It's closed. So finally, I just was like, hey, I want to go home watch a movie so i watched the hateful eight on my birthday and then took a nap woke up we picked the kids up from school and had some pizza at mellow mushroom but man i just sat there all day looking at facebook those comments rolling in i would oh my gosh listen to this i've got something to read from shandaz gatson middle school hbd holly parkman check this out happy birthday melissa christine check this one out happy birthday joey Listen to this one. Gary yeah, I get Alverson. It. I get it. Well, the, Happy well birthday, Joey. A day late. Oh, my. I mean, it, they were just rolling in, man. Made me feel wow. so good. <laughs> that is crazy, man. Yeah, he, so many hey, do, do you guys do you guys wish people a happy birthday on Facebook? No. Because I'm wondering, no. are there are there people that just do that all the time or or are there people that just do it periodically? Because I hardly ever do it. Are there's people, I guess, that just make a habit the of doing that it all the time. I'm telling you, happy birthday, do it every day to whoever's birthday it is. Gotcha. It's, almost there, I mean, it just be almost into exclusively the anything that I write like that on Facebook means we're not close. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I tell you happy birthday on Facebook, that pretty much means I kind of know you. I saw other people doing it. We're yeah, I know Facebook you enough where me, maybe yeah. it makes me look good. That's about now what, it. Now, what about people that slow down and really say some heartfelt things on Facebook? How would you take that? Because I definitely got some things from people. I was like, wow, that is really nice. It, that the they the point of all this is stuff. not 
to assess this. It's who cares. <laughs> That's the only point. Who cares? I cared. Some of that stuff made me feel really, really good. Really good. good. You need to feel good because I just read your book on my plane flight home yesterday all the way. <laughs> Did you read the whole thing? Yeah. And yeah. So I feel real bad for you, my friend. And you need whatever you can to feel better. I'm totally for it. Hey, hey, that that book, man, that's in my past, bro. <laughs> I don't think it is. That's the part that really upsets me is it, to you. It's no, like, here I had these problems a long time ago, and that some of it rings true today. I'm not trying to upset you about it, but I do think no, it's interesting. Go ahead. No, here's what I'll say about that is, for sure, there are some things that I still struggle with that that book represents, but, dude, some of that stuff, the the obsessive asking God to save me a hundred no, times yeah, a I day, I mean, I, I'm I understand, but it's a, It is an insight into your personality. I'm looking for forward sure. to people reading it, and yeah. uh, just so you know, the book is Joey... It's called Fundamentalist. I don't know if we've said the title um, before, but uh, I don't remember what the subtitle is. If you do, tell them. But if not, it's a, it's a bunch of stories of Joey's uh, obsessive-compulsive disorder coupled with fundamentalist and legalism uh, and, and what, that, what that actually looked like in an incredibly, what I would say, vulnerable way. And it's just, it's like, I just feel bad for the guy writing it, the whole book. It's like one of those movies where you just feel bad. Like, it's like Ben Stiller uh, awkwardness, except for sad. It's just sad. Man, it's you. Well, it, well, it makes, I, I know this, I think I've said this before. It makes, it. this sounds very dramatic, but there were times when reading over this stuff, I go from laughing hysterically to, I got really sad about what, some of the things I experienced, like I really felt empathy for this person. And, uh, so I, I guess think every human will, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you had the most normal reaction to it. I think. Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, there, there are things that I, I just realized, did you know that until Priscilla got pregnant with Rosa and she was born without any abnormalities, I always thought there was probably going to be something wrong with my penis or my semen in some way because I masturbated <laughs> early in life. I, I, I mean, seriously, just, I know it's, it's endless. Like, I mean, we can't even go into it, it but it's don't get into way too yeah. much. Joey, Joey, I got to tell you something though. Yes, sir. Uh, so we are on this acoustic tour, right? Yeah. I'm battling sickness and all this stuff. We get to the last show, which is our biggest show at iMatterFest. It's awesome. There are thousands of people there. Yeah. Uh, Adam Bunts that brought us so cool. They treated us really nice. We got to do an acoustic set in between all these hardcore bands. Just the best possible thing you could do. We get up on stage. We start the first song. We're all seated. Like, think about that for a 40-year-old man. I'm, less, I'm in heaven. You right. know what I mean? Like, we're acoustic. Devin and I can mm -hmm. just sing to our heart's content. You can hear all the harmonies, all this stuff. I'm thinking, this show is going to be the best one. We have a 30-minute set. Man, we can just... We're going to kill this. Started out so good. We started singing. And then all of a sudden, I hear a <laughs> Matt fell <laughs> off his stool completely fell onto the, the floor of the stage during the first song. And so I'm trying to sing the rest of the set. All I can think is every single person that has ever listened to this podcast is going to think, Matt is high as hell. Yeah, <laughs> can't even make it through a show now. He's so addicted to marijuana that he can't even make it through an acoustic set of Emory. Oh, my god! And, gosh. Matt, I want you to clarify. Was that true? Of course not. I don't fly with weed, first of all, or travel <laughs> with it or use it often whatsoever. But I did fall off the back of my stool. But that people don't understand if they just listen to me. Maybe you can get this from audio. Maybe you can't. I'm not the most coordinated individual. I fall down 
uh, am, am a bit clumsier than your average guy. And that was just a stool that I wasn't, you know, very used to. So just, you know, if you know me well, that wouldn't be that surprising. That I might slip right. off the back you of You fall it. all the time. You're, yeah, you're I mean, almost I like you never got out of that puberty where you don't know right. your own leg length and arm length exactly. and stuff. You just always fall. But I do think that makes you a pretty good faller. Like, I'm the there's best a video out there. There's a video out there. If you if you join up for the BC Club, you can see it on the BC Club Facebook. There's a video out there, and you catch yourself for just a second, but then it was just too much, and you went all the way down yeah. the ground, legs I, up in the air. <laughs> I would argue that I'm one of the best fallers that that there is, and uh, I knock stuff over. I, I knock glasses over and, and things off the tables all the time. The amount of experience I have with both of those two things makes me extremely good at it. So I'm very unlikely to get be harmed right. by a fall. And I'm very likely <laughs> to be able to maybe catch a glass when it falls before it hits the ground or with my foot or something like that because it's something I deal with almost every day. So well, what Matt, I deal give, with me, Matt, I know it was get, very well, embarrassing, but given I deal with that embarrassment you, pretty well too. So not really that big of a deal. Given that you respond differently to things emotionally, did you experience a lot of embarrassment when that happened in front of a bunch of people or you just didn't care? Okay. Well, I'm glad we're on the topic because I, I was talking about the book and, and I, this is related and a lot of stuff's related to that. But when you want to talk about embarrassment, no, I, I'm a bit less embarrassed than other people with, you know, I just, I'm, I've experienced embarrassment a little bit less than other people, I would say. Uh, I'm less concerned with what people think of me than other people, which partly is what enables us to do stuff like this. Uh, and back to Joey's book, I really admire that about Joey, that he's able to just say stuff that are essentially horrible stories about himself that are either embarrassing or ones where I think you behaved in a way that was really awful. Yeah. And 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 you just put it you put it out there. And so I've been thinking about this, too, because we have the book about Emory that Aaron Lunsford just wrote. And I read it, too, on the plane. Um, I, I finished both of those books on the plane. I had a head start on, on them. I read part of each of them. But um, I finished them both. And they're essentially there's something really interesting about these two books that are coming out. And they represent two extremes. That That's what I want to talk about on the podcast today. So we'll spend a little time on these topics but joey's book represents this um this super legalist legalistic fundamentalism that is is gross and it's terrible and it's crippling and harmful and but i love that he's so unabashed about it if that's the right word for that he he just says it and then the emory book is quite the opposite it's a full of absolutely embarrassing quotes bad stories things we've done wrong continued to do wrong um, stuff we've said about each other in the band recently and other people. I mean, both books are full of stuff that make us look not good. Right. And then I know we do this podcast too. And so I think those things are really neat, but the, um, they're starkly different books because the, the Joey book is about legalism and how ugly it is. And the Emory book is about stupid guys like us doing stuff that doesn't sound at all like a Christian band when you go back and look at the book. There's drug use in it. It's like y'all are the prodigal son and I'm the older brother in the story. Yeah, sure. it, it really shows both sides. And so I was just thinking it's really it's really embarrassing in a way, but I think it's the most important thing that we do. That is what I care about. I think if I had to really say that's gonna that is what I feel like my contribution is to the world. It really is that. It's if we can say the things that we're going to say that both bad and good and learn from the experiences and clear out some room and make people uncomfortable when they read it or hear this or I tell a story. It's, it's not it's so far off from being shocking. The easiest thing in the world is to not say story about when I passed out because I use weed or the, right. it's, it's so much easier not to do that stuff. And this book, I am these books, I'm tempted to go edit them very much but it's not the right thing to do it's morally not right to edit them people should hear 
what Emory is like. People should hear what bands are really like. It will help the gospel. It will help the cause of the church to understand what people are like. I promise it will. I know it will. It'll make people way more likely to be able to share the stuff that's wrong with them, with other people. I'm working on a podcast now um, uh, about marriage, and I just we just got the first episode done today, and it's the same thing. It's the same problem that people have with marriage is that everybody struggles mightily, and they don't talk about it with other people. And if they just did, if they just would, if they would just share their stories and the embarrassing and the failures, then it would go better for everybody. And so yeah. this this really stuck out to me. And this is what I, this is what I want to uh, talk about is another really good illustration of this and something is people keep sending us uh, messages. We had the guys from the uh, Reform Pubcast, Les and Tanner. It's Les and Tanner, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool guys. Good podcast. And it's a bunch of Reformed guys, but they've got this Facebook group closed group that they have that just represents, um, you know, reformed internet people, you know, for lack of a better term, you can <laughs> let your imagination run wild. And so people always report to us, you should hear what they're saying about you over there in that group. And I, I don't care. Like it, it's fine, whatever it is that they say about us. And I can only imagine what it is. And people share it all the time, but people just continually are saying these reformed guys, these religious people, they're just, saying really bad stuff about you guys. And I, I just couldn't uh, disagree more. And one of the main, here's the two things that. Well, well let's, let's, let's uh, clarify. It's not less than Tanner saying shit about us. No, it it's, isn't. It's, I like, I like those guys and I like their podcasts. Totally good with that. It's just their culture um, and their followers represent a certain thing. And so do ours. And it's fine to me. I would think should be able to get along just fine. Turns out yeah. it doesn't think everybody maybe doesn't share that but there's some really interesting parallels in there from the way that we approach things and and the way that they do and they're really along the same line so the main thing that comes out of this is they throw around a term and reform people and religious people and possibly legalist people in general throw around a term called antinomianism so we'll we'll really talk about that y'all y'all familiar with that term or not yeah so let me let me read three things we'll end on the comment of the i can't say the word antinomianism and that's what a lot of people talk about but here i listened to only one episode so i can't speak for the show in its entirety but it was terrible the episode <laughs> i listened to was filled with boner jokes anal sex and having sex with watermelons <laughs> <Hell> <laughs> yeah. that's awesome I don't, I don't know what's wrong with that all right I know. five star <laughs> Number two comment, it's garbage. Every episode is just whining and speaking ill about the church and offering no solution, nonstop cussing, and they've started to develop some really wacky views. And then what Matt was talking about, and this is what most people are keying on, he says, trash. They are bitter about the legalist <laughs> evangelical experience growing up and in turn are heading towards antinomianism. So let, let me define that for you. Though. They so, are un. Well, th this is what he says. Ahead. They are unapologetically crude and crass in their speech and conduct. Their constant disclaimer about not having everything right appears to be more of an excuse to just keep right. on in their crude ways and unbiblical ideas, which right. is what that word means. It's basically running the opposite of legalism and just doing whatever the hell we want to do and who right. cares what anybody thinks. Yeah, it's, it comes from the Greek, means lawless. As Christian theology, it's in almost entirely a pejorative term uh, for that Christians are under no obligation to obey laws or ethics of morality. Uh, nobody really would call themselves antinomian. It's not like a position you would hold right. or anything. It's certainly not one that we would say that we hold, and it's kind of the opposite of legalism. So we define legalism as, uh, I think this is a good definition I looked up, referring 
to an improper fixation on law or codes of conduct for a person uh, to merit or obtain salvation. Now, here is what I think is interesting about it is that everybody has a different version of, you know, examples of who they think are both. So if you think about uh, even people that I would, let's just say the people in the in that Facebook group, you know, they are probably considerably more liberal and free and do stuff that more conservative people would call them antinomian. That's the thing. Yep. It's just the whole thing's just a shell game because there's some people that believe you can't watch TV or go to movie theaters. Toby, you grew up that way, correct? Hell yeah. So going drink, to a movie drink theater. beer. Drink beer, which they do, or, or I assume they think it's okay. They would be labeled antinomian and lawless and just think grace is cheap and all that kind of stuff. You know, they, they would think, or women can wear pants. I knew people that gr- growing up that didn't think women could wear pants, and people did that. They would accuse them of this exact same thing. And right. then on the other hand, there's people that call me legalists. There's people that think that, that things that I believe about women or marriage and stuff like that, even that are Christians, disagree with me about and think think that way. I mean, there's people, you know, you know. I, I just think it's a very weird thing that you would think that about different people, and clearly it's extremely subjective. And there's not anybody out there that goes, oh, cool, Jesus died for me so I can do whatever I want to. I think those are nonsense thoughts, really, to accuse somebody else of. But And there's probably even people that I think are antinomian, really, right? There's, I mean, have you ever met somebody? Don't, aren't there people that you think aren't really Christians and they're just using that as an excuse to get to do what they want, you know, whatever? I mean, that's sure. even possible. I used, and I used to think that about a lot more people. Less, I think less, less of it now, but I used to think Rob Bell was that, probably, right? Right. And people like that. So I think it's really confusing. Um, but I think it's, it just doesn't make a lot of sense where we're at with that. And I think it's like I'm, I believe that those people are just that, that religious tone that they have and the stuff they're saying I think is not good. And I actually believe that the stuff we say and trying to be vulnerable really does give you a better uh, grip on who somebody is. So, for instance, if we're going to say all the bad stuff about ourselves, including uh, and not minimizing the things we've done wrong, and you're going to read these whole books about us and hear the stuff we're going to say on this podcast, do you really think there's a bunch more below the tip of the iceberg? No. Of us? No. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to say the embarrassing thing, and that's why I think it's important, because if I'm going to say the embarrassing things about myself in front of others, I think, oh, what if my mother-in-law hears or my pastor is going to hear? I know people are going to hear this stuff, and I'm not profiting wildly off of it, so it's not shock jock. I believe it's the right thing to do. And I bet you, you're less likely to be shocked by anything else. I mean, this is what I've got. It's not all great, but this is what I've got. Now, I can totally see a ton of people that represent this religious thing or these little dickheads in that Facebook group. I guarantee you some of them are hiding unbelievable (laughs) stuff. Where would you more likely find somebody that's hiding some stuff that would be absolutely horrific? Us or some of those people that hide behind mega judgmental scriptures? I'm not trying to say anything about any individual, but don't don't you see the difference in the repression and the honesty there? Yeah, that's exactly right. No matter what, the person who's talking about sex the most is usually secretly either not having sex or wishing they were or having these feelings. When you are so hard against stuff or when you're talking bad about sex, don't do it, don't do it, that usually means you're struggling with it. A lot of times, uh, the the loudest uh, insecurity you know, and repression are the, right. the, the themes. The, the loudest the loudest homophobics often end up being gay. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is repression. What it is is 
a fear that if you tell people, you won't yeah. be able to prove that God is true or that he maybe hadn't really healed you or something like that. It's it's a false. Or that other people get away with something that I wish I could do or am doing right. and I have to pretend like I'm not but doing it. But it's, it's false. It, it just makes it a club where, like, if somebody's really saying these things. Now, I did see one that, that did bother me only because it, it actually said that we weren't Christians. And I just I, that makes me feel like, whoa, you got to really be careful, man, when you say stuff like that. But that is a big thing to say that you know somebody's salvation in their relationship with God when I do believe in Jesus. I do follow Jesus. I pray that Jesus changes me for the better every day. And so if you're going to sit there and tell me I'm not that, you, you might have a, a, a serious deal uh, with God at some point where you right. are not being right. See, I kind of feel like that's immoral, sinful behavior. Let me go this way. I called them little dickheads ago, so maybe I should apologize for that. But I'm not. I'm going to double down. That's, those, those are little dickheads over there. And so let me say it this way. See if this makes sense. The Bible writer, I think there's a dilemma. Who, whoever wrote the Bible, I don't know who it is because I'm not Christian. Don't read it and don't pay attention, right? But um, whoever wrote that Bible thing, and they must have had a dilemma somewhere in there because— I think the 11th commandment or something Paul should have written in Romans is that it is a sin to be a little dickhead. But unfortunately, he was bound by that coarse language thing, so he couldn't actually write it. Right, right. He couldn't write he it in, in the Bible. But he wanted really badly to write, being a little dickhead is a sin. But he mu- that must have been omitted because of the coarse joking, the coarse language thing. So I, that's what I think. I, but I, what I, my point there is I think that's really wrong, that mentality that they take, that the— I really do. I really believe it's harmful to the church. I think it's harmful to the gospel, and I really think it's messed up. And I think what I'm not saying I'm great or have solutions for anything, but I challenge that notion that all we're doing is complaining. That's not well, true. It has to start with openness, <laughs> honesty, and authenticity. So Here, I find them immoral. Is, is my got Matt fired up? Yeah, I, I've got another glaring observation to make, but we should probably take a little pause. Am I correct? What, are we at a break already? Yeah. All right. I thought so. All right. Let's take a break then, and uh, we'll keep we'll on rolling. We got more stuff nice to talk work, about, Joey. and we'll probably take some uh, calls too. So, Joey, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. It'll be nice to hear somebody else talking for a little bit. Yep. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, I, I, I just want to, uh, I know you guys haven't experienced this like I have. The first week of school is crazy at my house because we've got three kids hitting, hitting the books and One's a fifth grader, one's a third grader. So you guys will enter that world soon. But one thing we don't have to worry about is figuring out meal plans and and that deal. And it's all because of Blue Apron. A lot of people talk about ah Blue. Yeah, Apron. a lot of people talk about oh well, I go to fast food and all that because it's just more convenient. Right. That's the worst thing you can do, and you can't use convenience as an excuse because Blue Apron shows up at your door. So you've heard us talk about it before, but it really is as good as it sounds. These meals are about $10, and they're organic ingredients. They deliver these unbelievable recipes along with the pre-portioned ingredients to make these delicious home-cooked meals. They come right to your door. Huge variety, major flexibility. So if you have a customized diet that you need, Blue Apron will work with you, and it's super easy. It's just step-by-step. They've got pictorial uh, guided based you know recipes you're looking at pictures you're doing exactly what the pictures say and i've said it once and i'll say it again it's the best food i've ever had and it's like holy shit i made this so what we would love for people to do it's like we're giving you an opportunity why would you pass it up check out this week's menu let me give them a little bit of what could be on their table yeah man they could have mexican beef quesadillas seared chicken and frijoli sarda 
some of these things I can't even say because they're that amazing. Mm-hmm. Like this stuff I would never try on my own. Neapolitan style stewed vegetables. Oh, oh my man. gosh. It's just, it's really awesome that you can eat such high quality ingredients, such amazing meals and, and create these dishes that you would pay seriously unreal amounts of money if you went out and tried to get this on your own or went to a restaurant it'd be a joke absolutely so go to blueapron.com slash bad christian that's blueapron.com slash bad christian you're gonna love how good it feels tastes to create incredibly home-cooked meals with blue apron so do not wait that's blueapron.com forward slash bad christian uh, check wow. out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. Are you reading that right? Three meals? Three meals. That's what it says. That is incredible. So th- amazing. At, you, if you haven't done that, you you really lost your mind. Three meals free. Yeah, just try it out. Yeah. Just try it. It's free. Just try it out and prove us, prove us right or prove us wrong. Yep. I, yeah. I guarantee you're not going to be disappointed either way. Okay. Something else that I defy anybody to be disappointed with is the band Citizens and Saints. That's oh, Zach Bolin. Everybody loves Zach Bolin and the stuff he's done solo and the, all the different Citizens and Saints records they've put out thus far. But we got a song to play from their new one right now. Nice. And the, the new album is called A Mirror Dimly. And um, this track is called Madness. So we're going to play just a little bit from that track. We got that hey, queued up. When you said you're about to play something, I started peeing myself. All right. Y'all I'm listen really, to this. I'm really excited. That's what I was thinking. I got to get that. Nice. All right. So that that is uh, from the album, Amir Dimly. The song is called Madness. It's on uh, Tooth & Nail Records, of course. And they're, uh, here's something interesting. They're going to be on tour with King's Kaleidoscope in September. On tour with King's Kaleidoscope. That's awesome. Absolutely. They've got a Band is in Town page. You can check that out for tour dates. Uh, it comes out on September 16th, and you can pre-order it now at gospelsong.merchnow.com. Now, the thing about... Citizens and Saints, and this album in particular is really interesting because they are—they're trying to do some of what I really, really respect, which is commonly known as wrestling. I don't know if we have a better term for it, but you know, they're really dancing with 
the, the, with doubt in God and stuff like that. That's what Zach wrote a, a paragraph here. I'm not going to read the whole paragraph because it would sound, uh, it would sound goofy and I'm not a good reader. This is about the madness and mystery being in dissonant harmony together when you're wrestling with God and you love God and you know these things don't make sense, but you've got to figure them out. Makes really good music. It's, it's a deep thing. It's not cookie cutter uh, Christian music. This is, this is actually the good stuff. As much as we talk about bad Christian music, this stuff is good. So check it out. Go to gospelsong.merchnow.com. Support Zach Boland. Support Citizens and Saints. Okay, Toby. I absolutely love what I hear. Nice. That's really good. And we're back. Right on. Finish this topic, and uh, then we'll do a couple of uh, calls in a second. All right. Well, the only thing that I wanted to say, and I just don't know how this can be argued, is I, I will say something negative about Les and Tanner, and I, I would give them the opportunity to, to, to speak against this, but there is a very protective, like overly cautious culture in this Facebook page. I know this because I know people that are in there, and it's like, do not, don't you dare uh, say certain words in here. Don't you dare uh, go jokey in here. Don't you dare take screenshots and put it on Facebook. And what I don't understand is, where do they get that from? Like, if if anything, Jesus was seen as as pretty reckless with who he hung out with, how he talked, how abrasive he was and everything. So when people act that way, that just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't really fit in with the gospel that that seems to be a little less careful and a little less calculated. But I don't know. Anytime you are super protective and you don't want things to to be exposed, like this, the secret club. I don't. What good does that do anybody? Like, what what do you think is the point of having this closed well, group? It, well, because it works. I mean, it gets it gets all like minded people in a group together, and then they don't have anything. So they're all just kind of circle jerking each other off. Like saying, you know, uh, this is, is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the right word for it. Yeah. Giving each other uh, reformed hand jobs because because <laughs> they don't they don't they don't have anybody in there to say something different. They're all like minded people, so that that's why it's dangerous. Like I, I mean, seriously, I have family members that live completely alone, and all they think is right is what they think. So if you're in a group where everybody thinks the same, guess what? You're not going to have any grace or tolerance to hear stuff outside of your group. That's why it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, like you need like that's why I think it's so cool about RBC Club. And when I read stuff on the Facebook, they, people are coming from every which angle. I mean, it's amazing. Every which way. Like, it's so cool. Somebody will say something super crazy and liberal in their theology, and the next person will be super conservative and go, well, right. I don't think like, like – but there's there's room for grace, and I, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. If you're just going to listen to yourself or hear somebody else repeat basically what you just said, there's no growth. It well, only gets worse and worse. Put it this way. If everybody in that or any – it's not – this is this is a, a type of person that we brush up against because they're very similar to us and close, and even – in beliefs in a lot of ways honestly they don't think that but this represents a type of person but for if you took those people and exposed every single thing about their life oh my gosh how unrepresentative is their portrayal of themselves versus and their criticism of others versus the way their lives are i'm not judging them individually i'm just saying the people that are willing to go there with vulnerability uh, you know there's going to be a lot less shock there i wouldn't i don't even know if you wanted to tally up sins and hidden things what group would have more i i don't even think it, it goes that way right i just don't think it does i don't think it makes sense and i hope people hear me say i believe that telling 
the more brutal truth about what you're like, embarrassingly or not, is the only right thing to do. That's my point. Not, I don't, I don't, I'm not claiming what's right and what's wrong even. Don't claim I'll it. leave that to them to do. Anyway, that's, that's the way I feel about that. Well, God, God bless those guys and all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. Hey, listen to what Priscilla just texted me. She said, your pizza's here. I said, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, someone, one of our listeners just sent a pizza to my house. For real? <laughs> have your address? Totally paid in full Ooh, with a tip wow. and everything. So How does they get your address? I don't know, but my I, fat ass gets. That's kind of the opposite of don't give out your address. You might want to just put it across the screen here because that's. I mean, I live at seven forty two North One Hundred. I mean, yeah, I have just send me pizzas. Yeah, it's good. I always thought you're supposed to hide your address. Uh, oh, hey guys, somebody just sent me anti itch cream, a whole gallon of it. That, <laughs> you guys Amazon are so Prime. sweet. That is so sweet. Amazon you guys are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, are we going to move on and take some, some, some are questions? We, are, or what? are we going to be able to take calls? Have we got a couple? Yeah, we do. All right. Oh, Give, let me switch the to. audio over to that uh, from my end, and I'm ready to do it. Um, do I got a name or anything from anybody? We're going to start with uh, John B. John H. John. Well, look. Here, John Holmes. Describe a possible problem and then ask a direct question. That's just, I'm just going to throw that out there as what I envision as being a good call. And this is John from somewhere. John, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, this is John from Columbus, Ohio. Right on. Hey, John. Hey, what's up, dude? Thanks for having me on. I love the show. So wonderful. Um, so here's the thing I'll just give you the quick nutshell. Uh, I went to a church throughout my entire high school career, and we kind of got the trifecta of church busters, I guess you could say. So uh, our pastor cheated on his wife. All the elders left, and then the youth pastor took over and married a girl from the youth group. Yep, and it all fell apart from there. So we just, you know, all all, the, all three of the big ones. Yep. So obviously, I've been uh, really turned off on the whole Sunday morning thing. And uh, honestly, before all that stuff went down, the church was like so amazing, like almost too good to be true. I guess it kind of was. But uh, I've tried a ton of different Sunday morning things in a bunch of different areas and places, and uh, I've kind of decided that that's not really for me. So. Basically, what I'm asking is uh, what alternative church gatherings or kind of community type settings have worked for you guys? And then on top of that, uh, is there a way to get involved for me or other listeners that might be in the same situation with the BC church movement? That, well, all right. Well, let me get this straight. John, you're saying you, you don't want to go to church on Sunday anymore, on Sunday morning anymore? All right. So is he off air? Just, yeah, just take that question off air there. Well, well John, you don't want to go to church anymore on Sunday morning. You sick son of a bitch. You're turning your back on Christ? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You don't back out of Jesus. He backs out of you. You know where you're eternal, eternally going, don't you? Hell. That's where you're headed. If you don't go to church on Sunday morning, welcome to hell, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next caller. Now, Joe, you want to say anything? <laughs> I, I mean, to me, it's not that complicated. I, I think the only real important ingredient when we say church is the fellowship and community of people that are, are seeking God together. And so you can get that anywhere. You just need the people that are seeking it at the same time. And yes, we are doing that in Charleston and uh, it's, it's at pretty early stages, but it's something that is going super well because people are all of the same mindset of we don't need anything extra than what we're doing right now. And that's meeting in a house eating, hanging out, talking, praying, doing our thing. And uh, so sure, that can be replicated anywhere. So I think I think when it comes to bad Christian, the main thing that we would do is 
give a little bit of guidance with other people doing the same thing and uh and then just kind of list those on the website so i i don't know exactly what it looks like but all i'm concerned about is charleston right now yeah i do want to say that i'm john i'm exactly in your position i feel like i've gone to church so much and honestly have been let down so much that it is very frustrating for me to try and go back on a sunday morning now i don't know if you have a wife or kids or anything for me my wife and kids make things a little bit more easy to go to church because you we'll go to a church with good good child care It gives my wife and I a little bit of a break. We can actually sit around adults and hopefully learn something and take something away. But I tell you, it is very hard for me because I've done it for so long, heard so many men standing up in a pulpit preaching to me and then seen so much sin that hasn't been addressed or hasn't worked out or or lives not being changed that I I feel like I just almost can't stand it. I want to scream sometimes that there's a hundred and something people or more, 500, a thousand people sitting in a room and all of them probably are going through some bad shit and doing bad shit but we're gonna you know just hear a sermon about how you know to to love people more right like i I think there has to be the next level and that's what we are really trying to focus on i want the next level i want to graduate out of sunday morning church and move to the next thing i want to move to the next grade where some fucking shit starts happening there you go thank you john thank you john all right we got another one hell yeah so this, his, he wants us to call him Supreme Overlord and Ruler, Kenneth. Okay. <laughs> Love it. I'm, go ahead, Kenneth. Supreme Overlord. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, that was just a little joking around right there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm Kenneth uh, from Houston, Texas. <laughs> Ken, don't give a disclaimer. You got to roll with it. Um, I've been instructed to stick to my original question, question wording. So I guess the problem I'm uh, kind of dealing with in my faith and things is just uh like wrestling with wanting to believe in everything but also wanting to call it all a bunch of bullshit Mm -hmm. and so my question to you guys essentially is just how do you kind of tackle or come to grips with having a more logical and reason kind of scientific mind but also still having a part of you that wants to keep believing through all the kind of legalism and all that stuff. I mean, I, I'm scared of a life without God. And so that's part of my motivation to keep believing. But at the end of the day, I don't think I can stop believing because of just how real things have been in my life that I feel God has done. But I will say that I'm with you as far as I'm at a point in my life where everything is out the window with a big question mark, except for Jesus and what he says about God and what he says about himself. And I'm, I'm okay with that at this stage of my life. And that's where community is so important to me because my faith is bolstered by seeing other people and God move in their life. But I think it's a good thing that you're experiencing, not a bad thing. Yeah. Because again, people want solutions and they'd like to make criticism of people who are trying to get somewhere that don't have all the solutions. You know, not understand that the bias is uh, to to look to the leader or the system or the church or the group that has all the answers. Would you, do you want to go to a group that has 98% of answers, 99%, 100%, even if maybe they aren't the right answers and it's not working out? You, you've got to balance those things. I mean, what would it look like to have about 42% yeah. of things that you know or 15%? If that's all you really know, which would you prefer? And that's the way I feel. I, I, maybe we know, maybe we know, and I'm comfortable around people that feel like they know 20% of, of stuff. Well, of course, that's not going to be the mainstream. Of course, it isn't. P- people that are dead sure about everything, politicians, mega churches, stuff like that. Yeah. 
you know, that, that, those types of institutions that are large, they offer more in the way of certainty, and that's what people gravitate towards. So it takes a brave individual to, first of all, tell the truth, tell, tell, tell your own self the truth that you don't know, and you're not sure if you believe everything about that. It takes a stronger person. It takes a more courageous person to get there. And then, to surround, then if you're going to go somewhere that you're going to try, try and surround yourself with other people, is it, it's a lot easier to go and somewhere where they think they've got 98% of the answers and they're sure. But nobody does. They just pretend like they do. They just think they do. They're just thinking optimistically like they've got 94% of the answers or whatever the figure may be. So thank you for being bold enough to ask the question. And hopefully you're bold enough to sit with other people that don't have it all figured out. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the way it goes. Yeah, I don't, I don't claim to have it all figured out. And I, it's something I love discussing with people. That's why I like listening to you guys discuss about it. Let me, let me give a quick example. The latest pastor with no answers. It was my brother. Oh, let's talk about your podcast mm-hmm. next. <laughs> next interview. It was next question, please. It was my brother and. Hey, we actually yeah. got Aaron Gillespie after all. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, like it was my brother and Chris Date, and they're arguing for inerrancy, and it should be okay for a Christian to say, "Wait a second, we believe in inerrancy because the Bible says it's inerrant." That may not be good enough for me or other people. And there just seemed to be like such a wall between me and them. I was like, wait a second, you you don't Mm. realize that that's, Mm. that's uh, the Bible can't be necessarily proof for itself. Now maybe it is, but it should be okay Mm. to question it also. You question the Bible. Amen. Please try to assess where the bias naturally is, you know, the the bias is to gravitate toward people with answers that thus those people rise and, so, you know, that's Amen. just the way it is. Assess your natural bias the way I would say that. All right. Good experiment on the callers. Great work. It wasn't perfect technically, but we we did it. I'm I'm excited about that. Hell yeah. So all right, we got a hell to the yeah. Yeah, we got a couple more things to do and we're we're rocking and rolling. I know I've talked a lot, but probably gonna keep on doing it. I'm gonna give you a science lesson. Hi. Yes. Astrophysics, chemistry, cellular biology, mathematics. Gravitation, electromagnetism, scabies, evolution, scabies. And now it's time for science lessons for Christians. Because when it comes to science, Christians are stupid. Okay, All right. So I'm actually going to try and talk a little bit less through the, this month on science uh, as far as I'm going to try and make it a little bit more conversational and less uh, just monologue here. But I got to set it up today. This whole month, I want to talk about something that's really interesting uh, for Christians. So here's the topics that this particular scientific topic will cover. We're going to talk about, I don't know, Christians care about abortion. They care about, I would say, uh, what it means to age or what it would mean if you never died. I think Christians care about genetic modification, designer babies. What would be the implications of ending disease? Wouldn't you say all these things have massive implications for Christians? Yeah, man. Agreed? Okay. Massive. So we're going to talk about a scientific technology that really is going to bring those things into the the world, and we're going to have to deal with them. So I want to give Christians and you guys uh, the opportunity to try to learn about it as it's unfolding instead of once it becomes a political issue. So... And this is a good barometer. I use you guys as a barometer. I think a lot of people have heard of this and are familiar with this technology and this topic. And I wonder if you guys are or not. And I think a lot of our listeners are, but let's just find out. I know you guys will represent a lot of them. Are you guys familiar with CRISPR? C-R-I-S-P-R. No. I, I wasn't, but I'm becoming more aware. 
You're becoming okay. So you've you've heard of it, and no, well, you told us to watch a video of it. <laughs> but did you watch the video about it? My lord, no, I was itching okay. too bad. I'm sorry. So I'm ready to learn. Joey, about did CRISPR. you watch the video about? I, I hope CRISPR. this has to deal with KFC chicken. I thought you were gonna say it was like a gay porno Tumblr, like a it has a bunch of users yeah. and has you know what I mean. <laughs> like it sounds. That's what it sounds like to me is an internet thing, Grinder or, or Tumblr, CRISPR kind of thing, because it's spelled without the vowel at the end too. But um, all right. So here, Joey, what do you use when you look for gay uh, sex? What do you use Tinder? What do I Grindr. use? Yeah, Tinder. Yeah. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Matt. All right, so I want to talk. I really think we'll talk about this every week this month. Okay, so I'm not going all the way through. I'm just going to barely set. No, CRISPR. So I'm just going to barely set it up uh, this month and go just talk about a little bit about what genetics and genetic modification is in general. So um, you hear GMOs a lot, for instance. GMOs is genetic genetically modified organism. So in a a GMO, we've been doing basically genetic engineering uh, for hundreds of years. So when they first started breeding plants together to get things or making dog breeds, those are things we intentionally did to, to select for certain genetic traits. And we didn't even know what we were doing at all. We were just putting things together and we figured out that it worked. And uh, amazingly, it, it nobody knew what DNA was or anything. We've been doing genetic engineering forever. It's 100% part of human history. Uh, it's 1953 is when they discovered what DNA is, that that was the the whole thing that was driving genetics and, and what it is. And DNA, as most people know, is uh, it's the blueprint for, for humans. It's, and it's unbelievably simple what it is. There's four different nucleotides, each one represented by a letter A, T, C, and G in pairs. And they make a code, and that code, mind blow, and never, never stops blowing my mind that, the, for instance, a baby growing um, from an embryo has just a certain genetic code, and that is responsible for its elbow and its eyes and its eye color, and it grows and the timing. Everything about it comes from so a genetic neat. code. And it's kind of like computer code, even though computer code only has two things. It's binary, ones and zeros. Genetic code has four things. And with that, you're able to, inc- you're able to encode what is an entire human being from something that's just a blueprint. Matt, to you personally, does that bolster your faith in a God, the complications or the, the complexity of DNA? Um, yeah. I mean, if you think the complexity of the universe at all, if you are amazed by things God's created, then the unbelievable amount of information that can be packed in there and how it works is just is mind-blowing. So I've got no issue with it. Furthermore, uh, the guy that sequenced the entire human genome in the 90s, I, or I don't remember exactly when it was, his name is Francis Collins. He was in charge of the Human Genome Project. And he was a Wait, Christian, Francis Chan. Francis I mean. Collins, not Francis Chan. But he was a uh, biologist and he was Steve, a Christian. Stevie Francis. He, he wrote a book <laughs> called The uh, Language of God. If you want to read it, I recommend that book. It's a good one. But um, So then we sequenced the human genome, and now we know really what it is. Uh, and so we've always tried, like I, like I said, we've always tried to modify humans. It's totally inevitable. We try to modify those things around us. Um, we did stuff like just take, once we f- found out what DNA is, we would just inject it into cells and see what happened. And it had some effect. It actually works a little bit. So you can inject DNA from something into another cell, and the code will get mixed up in there, and there'll be actual results that'll modify it. Then we figured out radiation had something to do with it. So we started radiating oh, yeah. plants and looking for changes, and randomly, sometimes you'd get a change in that code, and then there would be an outcome 
theirs. We also tried radiation to combat cancer too. Well, we do. We use radiation therapy and chemotherapy. Yes, that's that's a good example. So in 94, they came out with the first genetically modified food, and that was a flavor saver tomato where all they did was block. (laughs) It's very simple, and this is how simple DNA is. They blocked an enzyme that caused it to decay faster. That's all it was. They changed the code so that didn't happen, and it would stay on the shelf another week or two without going bad. That's genetic modification. It's not necessarily freaky KFC, you know, 10-pound chicken breasts or anything like that, but that, that's essentially what it is. And the argument being that genetic modification is just absolutely unavoidable and something we always have done and always will do. Now, gene editing itself is just insane that we're, we're getting, we've been getting closer and closer over the decades. It's very, very difficult and very, very expensive to actually do what would be splicing genes and real gene stuff. And we've, we've made some progress in that. We've been able to make like see-through frogs where their skin is clear because we took the pigment out, stuff like that. But it's been really, really imprecise, really, really expensive, and really, really slow. So CRISPR is the technology that amazingly was not invented but discovered in bacteria that, and we, we'll talk more about it this whole month, but essentially it made that, those genetic modifications and splicing and editing 99% easier and faster and cheaper. So now you have uh, this really, really slow thing that we've been just been really clunky with. And now it's, we found this technology that bacteria had all along um, that are these really mon- basically little molecular surgeon uh, molecules and proteins they have in there that both recognize certain strands of code and cut it out or put it in uh, to their molecules to protect themselves from viruses. That's what it's, that's what it's for evolutionarily for them. We discovered it. And I've started to play around with it, and it's, it's, it totally works. It works on every kind of cell. And it's essentially like we just discovered how to use computers. But think of computers in the 70s. That's where this is. We've just figured yeah. out how to get to use this binary code and make it work. And we are staring down the barrel of uh, what they're going to do with it. It's just going to be – I mean, I don't even know how to talk about it. I don't know if it's horrifying or exciting or what, but it's completely inevitable. It's not going to cost much money, and it's going to be the kind of thing that could be done – Super, super easily. And I'm telling you, the, the implications of it are just massive. So we'll talk about one. Give us some. We'll talk about it some each week. But for instance, um, it, it could end aging. All right. So I'm not going to go into that one. But if what if you didn't age? That what Think of the, the, just the ethical implications of that. Think if you could right. make your baby whatever you wanted to. So I, I, we'll get into this one another week. But imagine if they had... Um, Here's the implications. For instance, we abort babies all the time. It's super high in Europe, for instance. It's, it's predominant in Europe, and maybe here too, if you find out a baby has uh, Down syndrome to abort it. Um, so what if you could fix it? Right. What Could you end abortion through this technology, or is it sci-fi the other way, and it's going to be uh, we're going to make all these designer babies and, and a master race of stormtrooper warriors from South Korea, North Korea? or You know what I mean? This just we don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to be really, really insane. So I, I think it's, um, think about it this way. It's the technology we have it now. This is a music analogy, but you know, like uh, used to record on tape, like four inch tape, analog tape before we had yes. digital computers yeah. and you could edit that, right? You've ever seen that Toby where you have to take a razor blade yeah. and clear tape and you can make <laughs> edits in that. You could actually do crazy right. things to tune the vocals. Even there was some really extreme stuff, but it was extremely hard and, and nobody could really do it. This is like Pro Tools for gene editing. It's like uh, drum editing. Wow. Like it's like 
take your mask. It's that precise. It's that easy. And it's going to be available to everybody. And it's unbelievable. So look it up. We'll talk about some of the ethical things coming up. But imagine being able to take your mouse, take the kick drum hit, slide it over till it's in time with the grid and get it exactly the way you want. That's it. crazy. And, and you do it on your laptop. That's what I'm talking is the difference in that and analog tape recording kind of thing. Totally incredible. Now, Matt, what? Matt, when you say you're not sure what people's reaction will be as far as it's fear or whether you're going to, you know, it's inevitable. How does Matt feel about it? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I genuinely don't. It's like, it seems to me that it's, that given our history and the way we are and its accessibility, it'll either be above board or it'll be black market, but ain't no stopping it. It's, it's, it's not, right. you're not going to wow. be able to say, um, you're just not going to be able to tell people not to do it. And if you had a kid, right. like for instance, if you had a kid, and they said, hey, we, we can give it, we can just put this simple injection in the mom while she's pregnant. And it'll, that way there's no chance that this kid could ever get Alzheimer's later in life. You want it or you don't. You don't believe in genetic modification. Okay. Wow. I mean, who's not going to say yes to that? Right. Right. But, but that's what's going to be really funny. The people, will, there will be people that say no to it, it just like they do to vaccines. It's just the thing that's or crazy about think? it. It's just, it's pure inevitability. Like it's going to be weird at first. And you think, well, I don't want to like make do all this weird stuff, but it's going to be start with, it'll save the kid's <laughs> life and you'll say yes. And then it'll be, well, you don't that's, want him to be stupid. Do you? I mean, what about you? Toby? That's really funny though. It's good. It's going to be like the, uh, <laughs> it's going to be like the circumcision question. Like the, you know, the, the husband or wife, one of them wants it, one of them doesn't or something like that. And then, you know, you'll see the husband. Yeah. I thought it'd be good, but she didn't want him to get the Alzheimer's part. So we just <laughs> left that out. She thought that was too much mod. Yep. Can't do it's, that. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, I, what do you think, Toby? I don't know. I don't know what I think. I I just don't know what I think. There there are things easily said now that we say, well, the moral thing is this, or this is what Jesus would do. But then technology comes along, and we all go, okay, well, you know, I mean, like, technology does allow people to do more, and people accept it. I mean, stem cell stuff. All you know, people are going to start doing more and more of that stuff. There's going to be I just don't know. Like, if, if there's something that you can save your baby's life or do right. something for it, you'll yeah, do we it. Could. So, you know but I mean? it's like, interesting for Christians because maybe we could end half of abortions, but we might give everybody Kim right. Kardashian asses automatically. So are we for it or are we against okay, it? You I'll know, take I don't it. know what it means, you know. <laughs> it, it's just going to be weird. There's a bunch of stuff. I'll go through Here's another parallel of it. It's like if you used to have to use a map from, and go to the library and get this giant map to right. figure out where something is, well, now, you, now we've got GPS. And what are we gonna what are we gonna do yeah. now? Like now that you have GPS and you have computers and you have Pro Tools, what are the possibilities? And you just don't know. But this this is this is that this is where we're going. I mean, you know, it, it now it's what, wild. It's gonna be wild. What about uh? So so you're implying immortality? I I don't know. We'll talk about that on on a subsequent week. I don't want to take more time. I want to set it up this yeah. week. I'll tell exactly how it works next week, nice. and then we'll do some of the ethical stuff. So I was trying to set up more of a dialogue of science and ethical stuff. I think that might be interesting. But to me, this is just. It's just mind blowing to just think about a little bit. So I wanted to share that, and I want to encourage Christians to uh, pay attention on the front side as it develops, instead of once it becomes political. Is kind of where my head's at with it. It's not going to be decades. I mean, they're doing uh, lung therapy in China this month on humans. I mean, they've already uh, took they took rats and and reduced uh, the amount of HIV in them by forty percent just in almost no time. Wow! I, there are, I mean, there are it's, Man, it's happening it's right now. Time. Maybe I'll get to live. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll hit fifty. Maybe ten years from now it'll be legit, and I'll get to fifty and won't age any more than that. I'm gonna be awesome at fifty. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I'm gonna be very excited. 
All right, man, I love it. Thanks for the setup. I'm, I'm actually very excited to hear more about this. Hey, think of how pissed all the people in their 60s and 70s are going to be when they take that and they stop there, but then all the 20 and 30-year-olds get to stop at 20 and 30. And that's going to be super unfair. Can you believe it? That's true. Super unfair. Well, well, hey, Matt, will this also play out in our food? Will they be able to do stuff oh, like yeah. that with, like, animals and you'll have like humongous chickens and all that stuff well yeah but we, we yeah so like for you, sure you have chicken wings that are it works big, on every type of cell known to man thus far Ch- wow. you know animal plants but it, so far so have not found i mean it's, it, like i said there's all the innovations yet to be done so we don't really know everything but it's it's a it's gonna be wild well i don't know there's only one thing that can make me feel a little bit comforted after hearing something like that that seems like the future is right at our doorstep banging down the door and what's that the truth. Woo! The damn truth. Music's rolling. In a world where your friend Matt does an awesome science segment and you realize probably within a 10 seconds that your other friend who's a pastor cannot understand a single word that he's saying because it's in science. My name's Toby Morrell. God, please help us all. This is the damn news. Woo! All right. Ooh, Joey, when somebody says science, you literally like have an aversion to it, right? Uh, that's an ingredient New on a Jersey pizza, man, right? New Jersey man leaves tale of two obituaries, one from his wife and one from his girlfriend. So he called his wife a bitch? This comes from uh, NBC News. A 55-year-old New Jersey man died on Tuesday, but due to dueling obituaries for him, one apparently submitted by his wife, the other apparently by his girlfriend, the rest is a little mercury. Both obituaries are pu- murky were published or mercury. The, the press Atlantic City. Is it murky or mercury? The first obituary identifies the man. At, I'm just asking: Is it murky or you mercury? You don't understand science. <laughs> I just want to know: Is it mer- sad. is it murky or you mercury? You don't get it. Murky. Okay, you said mercury. I was thrown you, off. You can't spell either, and don't know what e- you don't know what murky or mercury is. Mercury, <laughs> but you, but you think you think both are poignant. <laughs> They're both poignant words right now. The first obit- obituary identifies the man as Leroy Bill Black and says he was survived by his loving wife Beretta Harrison Black and his son Jazz Black. It says Black died at his home on August second, surrounded by his family. No death of, uh, no cause of death was given. The second ob- obituary identifies him as Leroy Blast back <laughs> and also says black died at home but makes no mention of any family being there it says in addition to his son jazz black is survived by his siblings other family friends and his longtime girlfriend princess hall the obituary also says he who was a fiberglass technician who died of lung cancer due to fiberglass exposure neither the wife nor the girlfriend could be reached by nbc news um you think uh, i mean he was running two all, different you, families there two yeah. Right. Okay. First, my first thought is yes. Yeah, so he had a girlfriend and a and a and a and a wife. Obviously, my first thought is, oh man, this guy's crappy. But both people took out. Uh, it probably even cost money, but took the time at least to make an obituary from his wife and his girlfriend. They both loved him, and thought he was awesome, and are really sad that he's gone. And so maybe I think, uh oh, maybe this guy's okay. Maybe he got it wrong with cheating on your wife. Obviously, I'm not saying that, but. Do y'all think immediately, like, in the old school Bible belt that this guy's in trouble because he was just cheating on his wife and he was a shithead? Y'all think he might, his his eternal destination might not be so good? I don't know what shithead means because I don't understand science, so ask Matt. Okay. 
Oh, somebody got his feelings hurt. Oh. <laughs> you find him to be possibly an antinomian, Toby? Cheap grace for this fella. Maybe. Right? Maybe, man. Maybe. Those pub guys nailed it. What would the pub guys <laughs> say about this guy? <laughs> we're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> Tr- oh, yeah. We're going to get in trouble. I, I tell you. No, we're just giving them listeners. We're just, we're just <laughs> sending people yeah, to them. They, sh- they should I tell you the it. other thing about that is it's good to me how hard it is to find um, overt disgust with the things we say on a daily basis. I'm obviously fine with them. And we've cultivated an audience and a large audience. And I'm, I hope ours isn't a pure echo chamber because we certainly get resistance and stuff. But people that are immediately turned off or really think we're in trouble, they don't bother me anymore because they don't yeah. listen to episode 215, 42 minutes in right. anymore. I'm very happy about that. And it's not, and it's not because yeah. I just want to be surrounded by, with a bunch of other losers like me. It's not that. It's just I've, I'm really, really am glad that we've been able to push past staying on that surface level of things and just get get where we are so i'm very thankful that it's that people have to send me a screenshot to even hear that noise oh yeah but what about the guy with a g- wife and girlfriend you think he's in heaven uh no fox news <laughs> does that Nooses make you feel better hanging near- no <laughs> does that make you feel better or worse that's what you should ask yourself when i say that what it makes me think is asking that question. I was kind of joking and just trying to get you to say something crazy like that. But if you, how dare we say where somebody is and because of what they did? Like Jesus's blood covers all sins. We don't know this guy, and I just think it's it is it's really shitty if you start saying where you know where how other people this? are going after Do, their life. When you hear about somebody else being bad, Toby, this guy, whatever. Yeah. Do you feel better or worse? That's what I want to know. Do you feel better or worse? Because when you watch Law and Order SVU, it's about uh, child molesters and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there's two kinds of people that watch that show. Uh, I think 95% of them are are the type that I don't like. When I listen, watch a show like that or see awful things, I feel bad for the awful things. And I realize this is what humanity's like this. I'm this way. Uh, I feel bad for that child molester. That what, What must have gone into that? Uh, who knows? And I think that 95% of people watch something like that and go, oh, those, those people. Those people are that way. And right. I'm so glad I'm not. And that's why I like watching yes. horrible, messed up stuff and saying how messed up liberals are, Hillary Clinton is, or how bad Trump is, or how bad you know sexual abusers and rapists are. But, or, and it's from every side. Do you feel better or worse when you're sure you know somebody else is bad, wrong, or in trouble? That's the, that's what you need to ask yeah, you yourself. Feel, you feel better. Yeah. Now, most people feel better. Honestly, you think you you think you're better yeah. than them. I think all we right, all do. On. I, I know. Well, uh, check yourself on that when you do. Everybody, you're right. Everybody does that some, but it, there's it's rampant with some with some. All right, Fox News nooses hanging near Oklahoma highway weren't racist. Homeowners claims. <laughs> A display of nooses has shocked motorists along the Oklahoma highway. Tulsa television station KJRH reports that the owner of the display, Merle Martindale, that is a I like Merle. name. There, it's no very what. likely anybody Ch- named Merle is racist, however, so it's not going to make there's, a good case. There's a case. decent chance yeah. of that. Merle Martindale, you either drive NASCAR or you are a full-fledged racist, says he's been a victim of a cr- crime in the past. Martindale says the display is not meant to be racist, just merely a warning to any potential thief. But driver Terrence Reed Sr. says a noose in America represents what used to happen to African Americans. Reed says he considers the display to be an attack on his heritage. 
Driver Dennis Varner says the display also bothered him. Varner says the display is discrimination and America shouldn't put up with it. Uh, they, the police say that Martindale isn't breaking any law by having the dis- display, and Martindale's wife on Sunday said Sunday the display had been removed. So what do y'all think? Y'all think this is racist? Like, he in his mind, he was saying it was a warning to thieves. So what do you think? You think that he just took it over the top and – and like it I said, it's likely that Merle is racist, but should he be able to hang rope from his trees? Probably kind of a thing. But, uh, right. You know, things turn into symbols. The Confederate flag means something different if you fly it today than it did at 10, 20, 50, 100 years ago. It, honestly, the people that would fly right. it today, it means something different. Uh, let me think of another right. execution uh, device, the cross. It has a very specific yep. meaning. Somebody could claim, I'm just way into execution. That's why I wear this thing around my neck. Right. I mean, I, I think. <laughs> but it, it, it has come to mean a, a certain thing. So I'm seriously into I'm execution. Just, I'm just no, God. I'm not a believer I, that's in why Christ. I have the cross. I, you know. Good Lord, I don't believe in Christ. What do you yeah, take me like, for? I just, yeah. I, love, I love horrible execution. I would say in this particular <laughs> situation, it's definitely, it, it, it's not hard for me to believe that a guy just did that to scare people away. Well, good, yeah. And I think that there, there are often times when someone does something, they don't even think how it's being construed. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I did not even realize like, uh, this is kind of a funny story and it's kind of not, but there was like this big Jewish convention, he, hundreds of Jews gathered together, uh, downtown Charleston, my friend, uh, they had just gotten back from like a costume party. So his buddy was dressed up like a Nazi and he's walking down the street, you know, saying how Hitler, hi Hitler. And they both, and they both turn around and they see all these Jewish people with their mouths just wide open. Like we cannot believe. Well, hang on a second. And, And so that right there is a perfect example of those dudes did not mean to offend. They didn't mean to offend somebody. What are you talking about? You're saying that. Did not mean to offend. You're saying that. Had it not been for the parade of Jewish people, it would have been perfectly acceptable for him to wear a Nazi costume. And it was not- a costume party. <laughs> Are you insane? People dress up like demons. I mean, come on. So wait, 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 Joey. So you think next Halloween is nothing wrong dressing up like a Nazi as long as you don't I wouldn't go do to a, a Jewish Halloween party? So you're saying there's something wrong with being Brad Pitt on uh, no. or being the Nazis there's... on Inglorious Bastards? I mean, uh, to me, it's a costume. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but who's? I mean, you you dress up like a costume of a axe or, or mass murderer or uh, someone that chops people up with an axe. It's a costume. So you think yeah, a Hitler I mean, you, costume walk is a reasonable? Osama bin Laden? You're gonna dress up as Osama bin Laden and tell everybody, "Oh, I'm going to do it again," or whatever. I mean, that would be terrible. You think Nazis is a reasonable Halloween costume for a person that is totally normal? You have to think hard about. Yes or no? (laughs) I I mean, for me, everything everything is up for grabs with a costume party. I mean, come on. Uh, I yeah, I disagree. I mean, to me, it's it's almost a similar thing as why people give gangster rappers a pass with some of the crazy stuff they say. It's art. Oh my god. I mean, I I think it's kind of in the same ballpark. That's. I guess I wouldn't personally be offended, but I could see why other people would be. You could wear any costume around me, and I'll be okay. But if it if it really, I mean. That that is like the worst timing costume wearing person ever in the history of the world. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the same That's as no flying a Confederate flag. I mean, regardless of your reasons for doing it, you'd have to have enough sense not to. Now he, no here's, here's what. what I would say. Here's here's what would a big difference would be if that guy 
was in Israel or if that guy was in a Jewish community center or something like that, similar to me dressing up like a Klan's member in the South. Like, that is almost a little more cut and dry. Like, I'm not going to dress up with a white hood in the South, but I I don't... That makes no sense. They're certainly completely equivalent. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. I guess I just disagree. So, Nazi costumes, fine. KKK costumes, eh, maybe not. No, I'm I'm saying in South Carolina... Not only was the Holocaust uh, removed by the Atlantic Ocean, but it's also removed by many decades. And the South isn't known for its Jewish population; it's known known for its African American. Just because they're not there, doesn't make it right. Right, right. It's not. (laughs) It's not like I think you guys are totally wrong. I just uh, maybe I'm a little more open to costumes. Yeah. You're more costume tolerant. Yeah, I'll give awesome. you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, I'll Wait, give you that. Try that out on Sunday morning, Halloween yeah. Sunday morning, yeah. and see how it goes over. All right, one last news story. Olympic swimmer flips off dad before every race, and it was this pop's idea. This comes from Huffington Post. For a guy who spends a lot of time in the water, Canadian swimmer Santo Condorelli is getting known for his birds, not the flying kind, but the kind you flip at other people, usually in anger. Before every race, Condorelli, 21, flashes his middle finger at his dad, Joseph. And then, guess what? The elder Condorelli dutifully flips back a bird of his own. The bizarre pregame, pregame ritual started when Condorelli was eight years old. The dad said, you've got to build your confidence in yourself and say, F everybody else that you're racing, Santo told the Canadian press. He said, every time you're behind the blocks, give me a finger and I'll give it back to you. Also, the elder Condorelli said he got the idea from Fred Durst. Nope, from a Southern pastor uh, named Joey Spenson, <laughs> yep. who before any decision shows his dad his wiener, and thus his dad gives him the wiener back. Yeah. The and end. Sw- that's Joey's swim meet routine from before. But before any decision, the, they call it the Spenson wiener showing ritual. Joey goes, Dad, I don't, need, I don't know if I'm going to get into this stock or not. Joey shows the wiener. Virgil shoots the wiener back. Joey knows, go ahead with purchase. If, if he doesn't see the wiener, stay away. Yeah, that's a great news story. I really appreciate that and including the that Svensson in me. The Svensson Schlong Show. Yeah, that's a... The Svensson Schlong Show. Yes, sir. Well... That's the damn news. The damn news. Let's give it up. Yep. Yeah. All right. The crowd's going wild. Dad, I wild. got a big career. Dad, I got a big career situation here in front of me. I don't know whether to take this job or this one, so here's my dong. All right. Thank you for the news, Toby. Uh, The damn news is brought to you by Joe Belleville, Alex McKenzie, Noah Freeman, Patrick Templeton, Nicholas Allen, Andrew S. Nelson, Amanda Matthews, Jennifer Rodriguez, Daniel Smith, Jacqueline G. Walton, Patrick Schmitz, and Daniel Bonnet. We thank you guys. They went to badchristian.com forward slash contribute and became club members. You can go to thebcclub.com, Joey. Thebcclub.com. And we actually have someone that's going to be joining us right now. Uh, Yellow BC Club member. Can you hear us? Hello? Kevin, what's up, dude? Heaven, what's up, dude? How you guys doing? Uh, we're, doing we're doing great, Kevin. Good, man. Sound like you, sound like you put a six-pack away. Is that true? I put six-packs away all the time. Oh, snap. Like in the last 10 minutes? I drink all the time. <laughs> He's an alcoholic, folks. <laughs> I'm the one that sent you guys the bitters. Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Now that's good. That's oh, awesome. dude, I love the bitters. All right, so what's the name of your bitters company? I'll talk about that for a second. 
Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. It, well, it was strong water, but I got in a little bit of trouble with the uh, with the government, so it's called zero now, and I'm not really selling too much. Anymore. Okay, well, let's let's <laughs> let, let, oh, let no. me stop there. First of all, the bitters were great. It was strong water, which you can't get anymore because you got in trouble with the old Uncle Sam. Did you have IRS troubles? No, I had uh, TTB late, uh, troubles, which is tax and I mean it's taxes. It's uh, it's labeling. It's all. The, all the good kind of stuff. Say that again. Government regulations on on food products and alcohol products. Is it something to do with that? Exactly. And they showed up at my front door with uh, with gold badges. No way. Oh my god. What branch of the government? Oh what what uh, uh, agency was it? It's it's called the uh, Tax and Trade Bureau. I think it's known as the TTB. Did they have guns? No. It was it was an older lady and a pregnant lady, so they weren't <laughs> with badges. <laughs> Were you super scared? Uh, I just didn't want to have to pay any money. I, I didn't think they were, could really do anything. Yeah. I just didn't want to pay any money. Was it a cease and desist kind of situation? They just shut you down? Confiscated some stuff? Pretty much. Damn. Did it feel like a drug bust and you started downing all your bidders to get rid of the evidence? I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you being a member of the BC Club. How long have you been with us? Uh, probably about... Two months now. Excellent. So are you, you're on the Facebook right. group. You've been interacting with the people on there and uh, and enjoying the shenanigans that go on there. Oh, it's a it's a fantastic group. I probably spend more time there uh, than any other group on Facebook. It's a blast. What do you like about it? About the, that group specifically, for the people that out there that don't get what's going on over there. Kind of what you guys were uh, talking about before. It's just uh, mm-hmm. people from all different walks of life, all different kinds of faiths, all different kinds of beliefs, and. Uh, everybody gets along. That's good. It's fantastic. Unmoderated, too. Exactly. So do you have a wife, and have you ever cheated on her? <laughs> yes and no. Good. Do you have any kids? Have you ever beat them? I have two kids. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and I have not beat Not them. even spank? Yes. If God gave you the ability to take Toby's affirmed, uh, infirmed, how do you say it, his, his sickness away, would you do it? In a heartbeat. You would. Wow. Toby, how does that make you feel inside? Kevin, I really appreciate it. I'm talking to God right now. I think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'll make sure when I'm down on my knees uh, saying my prayers tonight that I, I, I shoot one up for you. Well, Kevin, do you have anything in, in mind? We're about to run out of time here, Kevin. Is there anything that you had in mind calling in that you'd get to be on the show that you'd always want to say or tell anybody? You have yeah, before, say my anything, friend, so. man. Say anything. Talk shit to any of us. I, I want to give a couple shout-outs, if that's okay. All right, sure. Big, big shout-out to my buddy Dan Bowen, who's the one that actually got me into the show about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Dan. Just stoked about that. He has a, a video company called Matter Video, mattervideo.com. Highly recommend checking it out if you guys have any video needs. Cool. And then I actually did a little poll in uh, in the BC Club group. Uh, wanted to give a uh, a band uh, some props. So uh, check out uh, Flying Jacob. They just released their uh, pilot EP. And it's oh, cool, on cool. ITunes, So check it out, Flying Jacob. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you very much. We we really appreciate your support and, re- and really mean that. So it's nice yeah, to talk to thanks, you man. and put an, a voice Let's with the bidders it. and somebody that's in our club. So, appreciate hey, did you it. not want to give shout outs to your personal Lord and Savior? Nah, he gets plenty. Okay. <laughs> hey, we really do appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on. Yep. Good, glad. And all right. We're about out of time, guys. Anything else from y'all, Toby and Joey? No, sir. No. It sure was good connecting with you guys and unpacking a lot of shit with yep. each other. I enjoyed it. Our Facebook time's about up. 
Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, go to our website and shop through the Amazon link. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Toby, sorry you're not feeling good. Joey, I'm glad you're a year older. That's it. You got to, what do we got to, uh, how do we sign off? I just, I'd like to sign off by saying, may the Lord who sits on the throne of all thrones, the King of all kings, that will bless you and keep you and give you angel kisses so that you may sleep peacefully through the night. This is the Bad Christian Podcast. That's Toby's email signature. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.